Have you ever asked yourself the question, why does God have me living uh, in Fort McMurray? Or if you're watching this service from uh, somewhere else, why does God have you living where you live? Is there a reason? Is there a purpose for God planting you where you are? Is it just for the job? Is it just to make money, live a little bit, provide for your family? Is that all there is? I was intrigued by a Seth Godin quote I heard. Seth Godin is just one of these geniuses out there. He blogs a lot, writes a lot, and he's just full of wisdom when he writes. I, I threw the quote out on Facebook and got quite a diversity of reactions to it. Godin says, do what you love is for amateurs. Love what you do is the mantra for professionals. And the way I would put it would be more like this. Do what you love is for the few. Love what you do is a gift from God. Now, before I go any further, let me just admit that I'm in the category of the few who get to do what I love. I love working here at Fort City. I love the work of leading and pastoring a church. I love leading, teaching, and seeing people's lives changed. I love working with the team that I work with. They're fun, and what I do jazzes me. It, it always has. I've always loved what I do, but that puts me in the category of, of the few, and, and I, I get that. Now, as a university and seminary student, uh, one of the summer jobs that I had for several years was soldering circuit boards that were part of these specialized orders for, a, for telecommunication parts. This was a multinational company with headquarters in Europe, but uh, these specialized Canadian orders were best uh, done in a smaller factory closer to where they'd be installed. I did this for multiple years, and I worked at uh, learning how to love uh, a consistently tedious, boring job with long hours and little contact with people as I did my job. But it paid really well. It paid for my university and seminary costs, and it paid for me to take a part of my summer off and uh, give it to volunteering at a Christian summer camp. So yeah, it was a, it was a means to an end. And I made the decision. I, I chose to love this job because of what it provided for me and what it made possible for me. And with things like lunch breaks, uh, lunch and breaks, I just chose to connect with the people I worked with and get into their lives a little bit whenever I could. In the end, a boring factory job was awesome because I chose to see it as awesome. Now you might push back and say, but Doug, you didn't end up doing that job for the rest of your life. And true, I hear you. I didn't stay in that job. I, I get that that changes things a bit. Still, no matter how long or short we work at something boring and tedious, we get to choose our attitude about it. That's your choice. The Apostle Paul puts it like this. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That's a choice that you get to make. So the mantra that I think is true do what you love is for the few. Love what you do is a gift from God. Friends, you, you get to choose to love what you do. You get to see your work as a gift from God. You, you get to experience God bringing joy to your life no matter what your job is. And yes, I know there are other things at play like whether you have a good boss or not and who you work with, whether they're jerks or not. And even in the midst of a bad situation though, you can make good choices. Let me take this a step further. As a follower of Jesus, you are never a cog on some oil sands machine or whoever it is you work for. You are a transformed child of God and your father God has you working where you are because he's got a mission for you. 
He's got a purpose for you. And that's why whatever you do, good boss or not, you do it for the glory of God because you do it as a part of God's plan for your life. It's no accident that you live where you live and that you work where you work. God has a purpose for you. He has a mission for you. The question is, have you made yourself available to God to do the work that he's calling you to do wherever it is that you happen to work? Okay, today is our uh, first series of messages uh, called The Wild Goose, where we're going to tackle the, the next section of the book of Acts and look at the wild ride the Holy Spirit had guys like uh, Peter and, and Paul on. And while you may not have thought of your job as a heavy hauler or a pipe fitter as a wild ride, God may just want to take you on an awesome wild ride even where you work. And I want to call you to see your place of work as a place where God is at work and he is at work through you. Try to wrap your mind around the idea that, that your place of work is a place where God is at work because he has you there. And sometimes God's going to call you to step out of your comfort zone, take a risk and ask you to do something, say something, pray something that God wants to use to help another person. Hold on to that thought that God might call you out of your comfort zone as he chooses to use you at work or wherever you happen to be. So why am I calling this message series The Wild Goose? The Wild Goose is the name ancient Celtic Christians had for the Holy Spirit. I really love the imagery and what it implies. It's all about the mysterious nature of the Holy Spirit, that much like the wild goose, the Holy Spirit cannot be tracked or tamed, that there is an element of danger, of unpredictability, of adventure that comes from being led by the wild goose, being led by the Spirit. And it might even involve someone at your place of work. Here's how Jesus puts it. The wind blows wherever it pleases, you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Does that sound safe, predictable, and secure? Not really. But it is the key to living life with purpose and living life to the full. Uh, as a toddler at 19 months of age, Helen Keller contracted an unknown disease described by her doctors as a, an acute congestion of the stomach and the brain. It left her blind and unable to hear. So she grew up to be, despite all of that, she grew up to be a prolific writer and, and an activist for, rights, for the rights of those with disabilities. And this is how she describes life. Life is a daring adventure or it is nothing. Let me give it to you another way. Risk is not just a part of life. It is life. And the wild goose, the Holy Spirit, is all about leading us into a life of risk and daring adventure. We see all this in the next story we want to look at in Luke's uh, uh, account of the first church called the Book of Acts. You might want to read it on your own sometime. It's in Acts chapter 10. Luke begins this story by telling us about a guy by the name of Cornelius. He's not Jewish. Rather, he's a Roman, a Roman centurion. He's a military guy working for the Roman government. I mean, that's his job. But he was also what we would call a seeker, a guy who was spiritually interested. Luke describes him as a God-fearer. So he's open to God, but he, he hasn't taken the leap to become a, a Jewish believer. 
My guess is the idea of adult circumcision that was part of entering the Jewish faith was maybe a stumbling block for him. I'm just speculating, but any good adult male would hesitate on that one, uh, especially, yeah, in the first century. Still, Luke tells us that Cornelius is pretty passionate about his faith. He, he generously, he gave generously to those in need and he prayed to God regularly. It is in one of these times of prayer that God turns up uh, in a vision to Cornelius. Luke writes, one day Cornelius had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him with fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. And immediately Cornelius sends two of his servants and a Roman soldier who reports to him to go find this Simon guy. And this Simon guy, also known as Peter, is, he had been raised up to be a devout Jewish boy. And even when he was following Jesus as a disciple, as one of the 12, he really never gave up anything that was sacred to his Jewish faith. For the most part, he could not imagine doing anything contrary to his Jewish faith. But enter the wild goose. The wild goose has brought a vision to Cornelius. And now the wild goose is about to do the same for Peter. And Peter, he's not going to like what he's about to be asked to do. This is not at all comfortable for Peter. Cornelius got his vision while he was praying, and Peter got his vision while he was praying. We've been emphasizing prayer since the beginning of the year. We, we just wrapped up a special 28 days of uh, prayer. You know what? Take prayer seriously, where you allow prayer to be a two-way conversation, and it can get dangerous. It can get risky. It, it, it can get uncomfortable as God begins to speak to you about what he's asking you to do. Maybe even at work with a work associate, a friend, just saying. Let's read how Luke describes this. Peter saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord. Peter, because he's a good-behaving Jewish boy, says, I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. That happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. Gotta love the wild goose. Peter is totally revolted. Everything in him is saying, no way, not a chance. God, this is wrong. The wild goose just keeps coming at him. Three times this vision is repeated, just pounding God's call into Peter's thick head. It's hard for us today to understand just how revolting to Peter or, or to any Orthodox Jew of that day would be the thought of entering a Gentile home and then risking coming into contact with unclean food. This was so wrong in the Jewish faith. But before Peter has all that much time to think about how wrong it is, there's a knock at his door and three men are asking if Peter is there. The wild goose is at work, given no time for Peter to think this through. And then Peter does the unthinkable. 
No self-respecting Orthodox Jew on the spur of the moment is going to invite three uncircumcised Gentile strangers into his home, particularly at mealtime. A good Jewish boy just didn't do that kind of thing. Peter invited them in for only one reason. God told him to. And for these three guys, it would have been the first time ever that they had been invited into a Jewish home. And it was likely their first authentic kosher meal. And they stayed the night there as well. Hey, let's drive this home a little bit for you and me. Take a moment to think about this. What might God ask you to do at the spur of the moment? Who might he ask you to invite into your home? Who might he ask you to show some care for, love for, do something for, pray for? Friends, this is the wild goose at work. What's happening here is huge. Peter is making what looks like just a small move, but, but this small move is about to turn into a major turning point in the history of Christianity. This is big, and this is how the wild goose works. He prompts us to do something, something small but still a little bit scary, and he does big things with it. Are you listening for the Spirit? Are you open to the wild goose doing the same with you? This is what the wild goose, the Holy Spirit, is speaking to us, Simon. Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up, go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. And Peter gets it, that this is a God thing. So he takes a risk and he obeys. He brings a team of six other believers with him so that whatever happens, because Peter's no dummy, he realizes that God is up to something here. So he's got a team of eyewitnesses. And they get to Cornelius' place, and Cornelius has gathered this crowd of relatives and close friends together because he too knows that something happening, it's big. And Peter, he preaches to this Gentile crowd saying, I now realize. Because of that vision, that dream, he goes, I now realize that God shows no partiality as to who can follow God. Peter had thought that this was really only for the Jews, but he got it. He got what the vision was all about. And as Peter preaches the message of Jesus, it, it crosses over the cultural chasm between Jews and Gentiles for the very first time. And the ministry of the power of the Holy Spirit in Cornelius' home was awesome. Heck, Peter never even had a chance to finish his message. While Peter was still speaking, these words, uh, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. From Luke's report, it seems as though Peter experiences like a clean sweep evangelistically, like everyone who heard the message, they gave their lives to Jesus. And listen to what Peter then says. Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Sometimes, like with Simon Peter, God calls a fisherman to follow Jesus, and as that fisherman follows Jesus, God turns his life upside down and calls him to do the most uncomfortable thing ever. And when a guy like, like Peter says yes to the crazy moves of the wild goose, lives change for the better, people come to Jesus and get filled with the Spirit. Sometimes God calls a fireman who gets promoted to captain with a decent salary and a good career ahead of him to come and serve as a pastor here at Fort City. Or it can go the other way. There's a guy who's been hanging around Fort City for about a year now. God called him from being a pastor in St. John's, Newfoundland, and sent him on a journey where he's now a detective with the RCMP here in this city. The wild goose does that. 
But hey, for most of us, God just calls us to be available wherever we are. Because he wants to use us in powerful ways just where we are. Cornelius didn't move or change jobs. He remained a centurion, a government employee, but God used him powerfully. Not just Peter, he used Cornelius, you know, the army boy. I think for most of us, God just wants us to be like Cornelius, passionate about our faith, people who care for others, people who give generously to those in need, people who pray who pray in such a way that our hearts are open to the whispers of the Spirit. People who will open our homes to whatever it is God wants to do. People who will be available at work to do whatever God wants you to do there. Cornelius was a centurion, a Roman soldier, a cop, really an enforcer of Roman law in an occupied land. I think he would agree with the statement I made at the beginning, do what you love is for the few, but love what you do is a gift from God. I think Cornelius loved what he did and he leveraged what he did in in a way that God could use it powerfully. Are you hearing what God is saying to us this morning or whenever you're listening to this? The wild goose will show up in wild places like even where you work at wild times when you're not expecting him to show up. And he's going to ask you to do and say things that you never imagined doing. You okay with that? He has a purpose far deeper for you being in the city than just getting a good job, making some money, and and making a life for you and your family. But I need to warn you that what the wild goose has in store for you will not always feel or even be safe or secure. If you're looking for a safe faith, Christianity isn't it. But at the same time, God knows how he's wired you. He, He knows what jazzes you. And while God's mission isn't always safe, the background you come from, the passions and interests that you have, God uses who you are to make a difference in the lives of others. You are uniquely wired so that God can use you to uniquely touch another life. And it can just be fun. Like when God uses your recreational passions, like you high-speed junkies, you can use that for God. Our car show has incredible impact. There are guys hanging out of the church here because I hang out at the range and put holes in paper. I mean, so awesome. It could be your passion to make a difference in the lives of the disadvantaged that makes you feel so alive. Or a passion to extend grace and love to others where you work or on your street. Or or maybe just a passion in some way or another to make this city a better place to live and work. Or a passion for kids or youth or young adults, some who may be struggling with mental health issues, addictions, and so on. Here's my thought as I wrap up. Imagine a church full of people pursuing God-given passions that rise up as we chase after the wild goose. A church like that would feel a bit dangerous, but it, it, it could change some of the places where we work, change the city and beyond. Because no pandemic is going to stop that. No pandemic is going to stop the purpose God has for you. But it does mean you got to step out with faith. It means you got to be willing to risk with your life, your time, your money. It means taking the risk when when you hear the Spirit prompt you to do something for a neighbor or or speak a word of encouragement to a co-worker. And the most powerful thing that I think we could be doing is just listening for the spirit like Cornelius and Peter and then just courageously doing what the spirit asks us to do. It's risky, 
But it's so awesome to risk and, and to see God turn up and pull through. You are not in Fort McMurray just because of a job and to make a few bucks to use later on. You are here to chase after the wild goose today and allow him to lead you into some wild places and experiences that will change the lives of other people in this city or wherever he leads you. God has a purpose, a mission for you and for where you work. Are you ready for the ride? Will you chase after the goose? Will you let God's spirit use you and your passions to change the city and world? Because when you are, you will experience life at a level of exhilaration you never thought possible. There is no life like chasing after the wild goose. And remember these words of Jesus. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it will be with everyone born of the Spirit. To be born of the Spirit is to live life a little bit on the wild side. You are here on purpose. And that purpose can be found as you chase after the wild goose courageously and just go where he's leading you. Will you bow with me for a moment of prayer as we just pray for that? Father God, thank you that you have a purpose for my life, that you want to use me where I work, where I play, on my street, in my home. Would you send your Holy Spirit the wild goose to fill me and empower me to fulfill my purpose. And I pray that my faith would grow so that I would take the risks that you call me to take. Help me to hear the whispers of your spirit. Give me the ability to know that it's your voice. Empower me to be a Cornelius, a person of prayer, passionate about my faith, active in how I care for others, and attentive to the whispers of the spirit. I want to live that life of divine adventure where you use me to touch other lives. Thank you that you made me for a purpose and that you choose to work through me. I give thanks for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.